Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mana Ministry. We are in our current series, Truth Prescriptions, and we're wanting to know what is the truth when it comes to our mental health. My name is Chriselle Olasaran. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and my co-host is Dr. Katie Elson, and I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. Thank you for joining us. So before we go into our episode, we do want to just have our disclaimer that we have every single two weeks that we have our episode. Just a reminder, the intent of the series is not to provide nor to substitute for any professional advice, diagnosis, or even treatment. Instead, our main goal and purpose is to provide spiritual guidance on how to utilize the Bible as a practical guide for your own mental health and for your mental well-being. So we do encourage you to please always seek advice from your your mental health professional or any other qualified health provider if there's any point or event in which you may have a question or are seeking guidance in regards to a condition. Yes, and we also want to encourage you that if you are in crisis, especially the climate that we're living in, a lot of people in crisis in regards to their mental health to reach out to the number that you see on the screen, 1-800-273-TALK. Um, as well as you can call 911 or your doctor if there's an emergency. And then if you're outside of the country, you can call your local emergency line immediately. Yes. So why don't we go ahead and let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Lord in heaven, we want to take this time to pause and thank you for another opportunity to search and explore for the truth, especially when it comes to our mental health. Lord, there's so many distractions in the world around us so much chaos that it's hard to have moments of quietness to really get to know what the truth is. So we do ask for that moment now, Lord, for you to intervene, allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in all understanding. In your name we pray, amen. So before we go into our current topic, which is, what's the title of our episode today, Katie? Think positive, question mark. Yeah, we can't leave that question mark out there, right? It's very important. So that's our title for today. But before we go into that, what was our episode prior to this one about? So I remember that the title was Stop in the Name of Love. And we talked about what, Katie? We talked about the different communication styles. So stop being one of the skills in which we taught, but we taught several other skills and you won't review them for the sake of time, but we do encourage you to, uh, if you haven't yet watched the episode, to watch and learn practical skills of how to improve our communication. That was one of the last behaviors that we wanted to cover um, that are really, if you think about it, key to mental well-being, right? Not just boundaries, though what we covered before, but also how to communicate and establish those boundaries. Yes, that's a wonderful summary that you provided. And in addition to every episode, we always want to leave you with the truth prescription because it's not just knowledge or insight gained, but also applied. So just for review purposes, what was our truth prescription from last week, Katie? So we wanted for you all to be able to identify which communication style that you engage in, right? So we covered aggressive, aggressive communication style, passive passive aggressive, assertive. Um, And so we want you to reflect and identify which style do I engage in, and then to begin practicing assertive communication, which we know to be the most beneficial communication style. 
and in every area of your life. Um, we know that practice makes perfect. And so if you start practicing in one relationship and not another, so we really wanted you to identify and to start practicing. And then as well as to choose one skill taught, because we know that we taught several. So just choosing one and to start implementing. So stop, that's probably one of the easiest ones to start implementing right away, um, but also dear man and other skills. Yes. So that was our two prescription for last week, and we will be having one this week at the end of our episode. But like we mentioned earlier, the topic for today is not so much any more behaviors, but we're moving into thoughts. And the title is Think Positive? Question mark. Why do you add that question mark? Maybe someone's wondering, isn't that what we all supposed to do? Just think positive. I've heard that. I think there was a whole hype about it. A lot of books were written on just be positive, just be positive, just be positive. But Katie, kind of guide us into understanding why is the title of our episode today, Think Positive with a question mark. So we're not going to quite go into it just yet. Um, but basically, the premise behind this title is we're going to be covering three main ways in which we try to cope with our thoughts and whether or not that's effective is the question and so cover those three ways and one of those ways as you can guess it would be to just think positively Um, and we'll again talk about whether or not that's effective and what we should be doing to cope with those thoughts Um, but we wanted to start off with a a brief review um, of this triangle. And so many of you should be familiar with this triangle now. We've referenced it in several of our episodes. Mm-hmm. It's what we call um, the cognitive triangle. And we see here thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And so we have been covering behaviors and how we can change our behaviors to start changing this triangle. So, Chriselle, what are some examples of behaviors that we covered um, that are important for? our mental well-being. So from the most recent, as you mentioned earlier, our communication style. We also, prior to that, was talking about setting healthy boundaries. And in doing so, when we set healthy boundaries, that can impact the way that we think towards others, towards ourselves, towards a situation. And then the byproduct of that is having an impact on the way that we feel or the emotion that we experience as a result of those behaviors of those thoughts. Yes. But we also did like exercise, right? We talked about even diet. I mean, we're not nutritionists, but there is a huge component of diet and mental health. Yes. So just to name a couple more. um, And the reason why we're reviewing this is because before we move on to our thoughts, if we don't have good, healthy behaviors, then we're going to really, 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 really and let's add one more really for emphasis there. <laughs> we're really going to struggle with our thoughts. And so exercise, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Exercise helps with mental clarity, um, nutrition, as Chrisal mentioned, um, connection, as we've mentioned as well. Um, sleep, sleep's another key, key behavior. And these are not just the importance of establishing healthy behaviors. It's also about reducing, as we've talked about in past episodes, reducing unhealthy behaviors, right? Substance use, um, any sort of drug use, um, any sort of addictions, which could be behavioral addictions as we've talked about, um, including, for example, pornography. Pornography clouds the mind. So if 
we are engaging in these unhealthy behaviors, we are basically fighting an uphill battle and trying to change our thoughts. And so yep, this yep. is one thing that I really emphasize with my clients and I really want to emphasize with our viewers today is that if you don't have a good foundation of behaviors, it's going to be really, really, really hard to have good, healthy thoughts. Any additional comments on that, Prasad? No, I, one additional comment that I would say is the reason why we went first with through behaviors is because behaviors research shows, right, Katie, that they are the quickest and easiest way to have immediate impact on a triangle. However, thoughts also can play an impact on a triangle, but the process of changing your thoughts can be a little bit more difficult initially, and the process of changing it is a little bit more in a long-term versus a short-term when it comes to behaviors. Yes, and, and we'll come back to behaviors, right? It doesn't mean that you'll never struggle with behaviors and that you are addiction-free and you have a regular exercise routine. Not necessarily, but just starting to make changes. And so I hope that instills some hope for some of our viewers today. We're not saying that behaviors have to be perfect. What we're saying is you have to start making changes in the area of behaviors in order to start making also improvements with our thoughts. And so one of the things I say to my clients after we review behaviors, you, are, you now have enough information to make changes in behaviors for you to be responsible for, mm. um, for us to move forward. And we won't be coming back and saying, did you exercise this week? Did you eat well? Did you do this? Did you do that? So it's really your responsibility. And what's great about YouTube is that you can always go back to the episode. It's mm -hmm. not like therapy of what said a couple of sessions ago. It's, it's there. It's hopefully in your memory, but with YouTube, you could revisit the episodes. And so we encourage you to revisit the episodes, make those changes with behaviors. If you're struggling with motivation, mm -hmm. we'll go back to the episode on motivation, um, which I believe is the emotion. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're going to just leave behaviors to the side for, for now. And we're going to transition now to thoughts. Any last comments about behaviors for self before we transition to thoughts? No, I think we're ready to transition to thoughts. I'm excited. Okay. Well, let's just first talk about um, what's the importance of thought work. Well, there are so many different things to bring up. <laughs> um, I think just for the purpose of reiterating the importance of it is just looking at what are the stats regarding the power of our thoughts, right? So how many thoughts, Katie, on average, do we have per day? So this is quite debated. And um, <laughs> some people will say, oh, you know, it's 6,000. Some people say, oh, no, it's 60,000. Mm. And you also wonder how they're measuring this, right? Of how can you measure how many thoughts somebody's having every single day. According to the Cleveland Clinic, um, average person has about 60,000 plus thoughts um, every single day. And if you think about it for yourself, right? For mm -hmm. myself, mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of thousands of thoughts and some you're aware of, some you're not aware of. Um, but what's really interesting is of those 60 plus thousand thoughts, 95% um, 
are repeated each day. Like that's a huge amount. 95% is on repeat, right? Which is, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing <laughs> under our, our skulls, our brains and our brains. And of that as well, 80% of those repeated thoughts are negative. Now, any thoughts about that, Chriselle? Eighty percent of those repeated thoughts are negative thoughts. Do you agree? Well, disagree? No, I agree. I think that's why there are so many struggles when it comes to mental health. It's just our thoughts; they just continue replaying in our brain. And when they're negative, naturally, they're going to have a result in a negative behavior or in a negative emotion. And so that makes sense why there's an increase in influx of mental health struggles in our world today, because there's so much negativity around. Yeah. And 80%, this is talking about kind of an average person. I can't imagine if you struggle with anxiety, depression, and so forth, mm. um, how much more you might be thinking 90 plus percent of, of my thoughts are, are negative. Um, but thousands of thoughts, thousands of them are negative. Imagine mm. the the world are, that we're living in, our internal world. And naturally, I would guess that maybe someone's wondering at this point in time, okay, well then let's just change that from negative to positive and then all will be solved. And we're going to address that today. Hence the question mark, think positive. <laughs> yeah. If you think about it, the importance of changing our thoughts, the importance of focusing on our thoughts and why we're focusing on our thoughts today is because our thoughts, right? We have so many thoughts every single day. Now, Chriselle, what, like thinking about the triangle, not only are there many, many thoughts, but what impact do these thoughts have on how we feel or how we behave? It's hard to answer in a one, in a, in a one word or in one sentence because um, the impact can, can go in so many directions, but just to cut it, you know, to be very precise in my answer, it plays a significant impact, a direct and indirect impact on our emotions and our behaviors. Let's provide a couple of examples because people might be thinking, okay, yeah, I have thousands of thoughts every day. Okay. I recognize that a large majority of them are negative. Um, but so what, you know, everyone has thousands of thoughts every day. Why is it so important to learn how to change our thoughts? What are some examples of how a thought can impact um, how we feel, how we behave, and so forth? Okay, so I'll give an example from um, a relational standpoint. When I work with couples, oftentimes I will hear them say um, out loud, they'll, they'll say, verbalize their thought out loud, you never do this, or you never say you love me. And that thought in itself is not necessarily true because when you stop and ask the person, they've never said this to you. No, they've never. Well, wait, yes, they have. Okay. So is that true? No, it's not true. Now, if you continue to think that way, how's that going to make you feel towards your partner? Maybe resentment, maybe anger, maybe hurt. And then how's that going to make you behave towards them? Oh, I'm going to be withdrawn from them. I'm probably going to have an attitude towards them. I'm probably going to be irritated towards them or iterable towards them. And so the moment that they begin realizing that that thought is not true, 
then they change their thought. And we're going to go into this a little later. And then all of a sudden, when they realize, okay, it's not that they never say it, but maybe it's that I want them to say it more often. <laughs> so once that's conveyed, and then the person responds, the whole triangle changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, kind of a similar example that I hear a lot with couples, um, whether it's both of them are present in the room or one is just present in the room is he doesn't love me. He doesn't care for me. Right. It's like this automatic thought that they have, Oh, he doesn't care for me mm -hmm. now that, as you mentioned, so that's the thought he doesn't care. Right. Which then leads to feeling lonely, down, depressed, mm -hmm. right. Which then leads to behaviors, as you've mentioned, withdrawing, maybe snapping at the spouse. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is then that starts the cycle of the triangle. Yeah. Because now that I'm withdrawing and I'm snapping, I'm actually pushing my spouse away. Mm -hmm. And then maybe that spouse is withdrawing, right? And then look, see, he doesn't care for me. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a self-sabotaging thought. And that's why thoughts are so powerful because it's not just something up here. It's something up here that then impacts how we feel, how we behave and directly impacts the world around us, our yes. life itself. Right? Yes. And just, and just to add one more example in the event that someone watching may be thinking, well, I'm not in relationships. So I can't relate to that. Um, oftentimes I've heard in terms of individual work, is where someone will say, I can't do that, or I'm not capable of doing that. Um, and then that will usually lead them to have fear to approach whatever situation may be. Maybe that is you know, having a career in the future, attending college. And if they're saying to themselves, I can't do that, and then having the emotion of fear, what's going to result in the behavior? Most likely, they're not going to attend college. Yeah, self-sabotaging again. Many of mm -hmm. our thoughts are with the purpose of protecting ourselves. Oh, I can't do this. I'm so afraid of failure that I want to protect myself. But what's the only way to guarantee failure? Is if you never try. Yeah. And so we try to protect ourselves, but then we actually end up hurting ourselves, hurting ourselves, hurting mm -hmm. ourselves or the relationship. The itself. irony of life, right? Exactly. So the power of thoughts, and we can go into this for, you know, a while of going into all the different types of examples, but we're going back to this triangle of how we can either impact how we feel by changing our behaviors, or mm -hmm. after we change our behaviors, we can start focusing on our thoughts and the thousands of thoughts that we have, which can be overwhelming. But the Bible points out the importance and the power of thoughts. Um, Chriselle, we're going to turn to two verses um, in Proverbs. Yes. Um, maybe you can go to Proverbs 23, and I'll go to Proverbs um, chapter 4. Okay, but, so I'm here. Proverbs 23, verse 7. Would you like me to read that? Yes, and just hold on for a second. What's amazing I just want to say about the Bible is that it's very advanced when it comes to um, psychology. And we've talked about that throughout, and we've recognized and we've talked about how the Bible is the best mental health treatment manual there is. And one of the things that I appreciate about the Bible in regards to mental health is its emphasis on thoughts. There are way too many 
um, verses on the power of thoughts. But just to highlight a couple, um, these two talk about the importance and power of thoughts. So Proverbs, you said that you got the, the 23rd chapter, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse 7. Okay, go ahead. So it reads, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Now, what does that mean and how is that related to our topic for today? So whatever you think you are, you become. It's almost like the self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like whatever you think you are, whatever someone says you are repeatedly, like you almost fulfill that prophecy. Mm -hmm. As a man thinks, so is he, right? It's this idea that, um, in other words, actually, this is um, said by Lao Tzu. It says, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habit. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a elaboration on as a man thinks, so is he, right? The power of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now, Proverbs 4, verse 23, um, adds to this by saying, keep your heart, or back then they used to kind of view the heart and mind as, as one, keep your heart with all diligence, like protect it. Keep means protect, guard your heart, guard your mind with all diligence. Why? For out of it spring the issues of life. Everything flows from your mind. And so keep it, guard it, protect it with all diligence, with all your ability, with all your power and your might. Now, this is something that's interesting because most of us don't. We don't guard our mind. We don't watch what we put in it. We don't, um, you know, if I'm watching reality TV shows and it's a lot of negativity and a lot of drama, how's that going to impact the way that I think? It's going to impact the way that you think and feel. I don't know if this has happened. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if this has happened to you. I know it has happened to you uh, (laughs) because it happens to everyone. You're hanging out with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. And you start saying the same thing that your friends say, right? You start mm-hmm. using the same language, the same phrases, right? Because you are influenced, right? So keep your mind with all diligence. Guard your mind with all diligence. I mean, I just, this is a funny fact. Sometimes I'll be, I'll say something and my gesture will mimic even a patient of mine. And I'll be like, whoa, that was just like what my patient does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the power of our thoughts. Now, the question then becomes, okay, we know it's important to change our thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, well, how do I change our thoughts? And this is going to be a brief answer because we're actually going to talk about this more in depth throughout mm-hmm. um, the next couple of episodes. But we wanted to highlight at least just three main methods people typically cope with their thoughts and how those are not the most effective. So, Chriselle, in your experience as a therapist, as a marriage and family therapist, what's one main way in which people try to cope with 
their thoughts, their negative thoughts? Well, uh, when I first meet a patient and I ask them, how have you been coping? And they'll say, oh, well, you just, you know, I'm just trying to ignore them. So if I start thinking a certain way, I'll just like ignore myself. I like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Or I'll distract myself. I'll go do something else. And I say, okay, and how's that been working? Usually it comes back up. <laughs> and so they ignore it, hoping that it will disappear, but it doesn't disappear. So the number, the first way in which a lot of people try to cope with their thoughts is by ignoring it. Now, I'll give a quick analogy for that. Um, it's kind of brutal. And I tell that I use this one with my clients a lot and they don't like it at first. But they understand it. Um, and I can relate to this. So I've broken several bones, you know, this yourself. Um, and so what happens if you break a bone, let's say I break my wrist, which I have, and I ignore it. I, I choose not to go to the doctor. I ignore it. What typically happens? Well, typically it could either heal um, in a wrong position or it can have a harder time to heal. There can be many different things, but for sure it's not going to heal the way it's intended to heal. Exactly. And because it doesn't heal the way that it's supposed to heal, typically you're in more pain later right? Mm -hmm. You don't go to the doctor. And so you don't have to set it, which, oof, you know, I avoided the pain. That's typically what they're doing. I'm ignoring the thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, my bone heals, but it heals incorrectly, which causes more pain. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what has to be done then to get rid of that pain is to go through the pain. But it already healed. What do I, what do I have to do? Ouch. <laughs> That's why <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they have to go to the doctor. Yeah. Now ouch. I'm sure other people right now are watching this and saying, ouch. Uh, I don't like bones. He <laughs> is re-breaking the bone. It's yeah. all those thoughts that you're ignoring, especially when it comes to like PTSD and trauma. Don't want to think about the trauma. Don't want to, but we have to bring it up. We have to reset it in order for it to heal correctly. Yeah. And so ignoring helps temporarily, but not long-term. It, it, it postpones the healing and increases the pain. Exactly. So yeah. the first method that people typically deal with thoughts of just ignoring them is not helpful. And that you can also see with OCD and other conditions. Actually, the more that you ignore something, the more that you confirm it to be as bad as what you're telling yourself it to be. Does that make sense? So if you're- Repeat saying, that, repeat that, repeat that. Um, if you're ignoring a thought, you're actually confirming mm -hmm. that the thought is as scary as you're telling yourself to be, for it to be. So if mm -hmm. you're ignoring- Oh, I don't want to touch that handle. I don't want to touch that handle because of that handle, if I touch it, I'm going to get a virus and I'm going to die. The more mm -hmm. that you ignore that handle, the more that you're confirming that it's true that that handle has a virus. Mm -hmm. Versus actually mm -hmm. confronting and saying, no, nope, recognizing I'm touching the handle. It's not true. Right. Mm -hmm. So ignoring one method that people deal with thoughts, ignoring them, they'll go away. They don't go away. 
-hmm. Our mind is built in a way that it brings things to mind in order to resolve it. So until you address something head on and resolve a thought, it's not going to go away. Yeah. What about another, another way people try to cope with their thoughts, Chrisal? Well, going back to the title of our episode, they say, just think positively. And, I, and I've heard that some people, they do mean well, when someone's struggling with something in their life, they say, just, you got to be more positive, just got to be more positive. And there's nothing wrong per se of being positive. So don't get us wrong. But just to think positively doesn't do the thought work. It doesn't solve the negative thought. Because yeah. oftentimes what happens is when we're negative, we're on one extreme. And then when we go positive, we just go to the other extreme. And then we don't address what's in, the, in between. Yes. So an example I, I give people is a very simple example. If you hurt a friend. Right. You did something really pretty messed up and you have the thought, oh, I'm such a horrible person. I can't believe I did that. Right. What, what would you categorize that thought as positive, negative, neutral? I'm such a horrible person. Yes. Mm -hmm. well, as a therapist, I say that's negative. Someone yeah. may say it's neutral because no, that's, it's that's, the truth. No, Some people no. would tell me that's the truth. I am horrible. How yeah. is that not horrible? But herself it's negative, right? Over it's negative. I'm a yeah. horrible person. Now that's exaggerated, right? You did something and now you're exaggerating to your horrible person at, in its entirety, in your entirety. Mm -hmm. um, now positive thinking often is it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. Right. Kind of self-talk and self-affirmation, you know, but does that change? The, the status of your relationship with that person. No, no. That positive thinking is a quick band-aid to a deeper wound. Mm -hmm. That wound won't heal. Mm -hmm. So what happens is positive thinking is not helpful in this situation. Instead, you need realistic thinking. Now, what would be an example of a realistic thought in this situation? Not, I'm a horrible person, not it's okay, it's fine, what would be a realistic, balanced approach? Well, is to ask yourself, is there a reason why you feel that you are a horrible person? So you're not quite horrible, but there's a reason why you feel bad. And what's that reason for? So the alternative thought would be you just take out the truth and you eliminate the lies. So the truth would be what I did was hurtful to my friend. Mm -hmm. But it's not who I am. But it's not who I am, right? Mm -hmm. It's or or maybe you know what I did was was horrible, um, but I'm not a horrible person, mm -hmm. right? So not overly negative. I'm a horrible person, not overly positive, mm -hmm. but balanced. What I did, and I'm going because I'm focusing on what I did. I'm going to make remedy of mm -hmm. what I did, make amends with my friend. And ask for forgive for forgiveness. I think that that second piece, Katie, is what's so vital, especially when it comes to integrating the whole triangle. Is that thought process is not working on your thought process, not simply just to change your thoughts, but is to help fluctuate that triangle in a better way. So, as you said, it's recognizing okay, not that I'm something's wrong with me, 
or overly positive, nothing's wrong with me, everything's remedied, but there's something that I did. So let me go in a behavior and change what just happened, reconcile what happened. So we notice here that it's not about positive thinking, right? Because life is not always positive. Mm -mm. And so the reason why a lot of people do positive thinking and it doesn't work is the same reason why people try to ignore their thoughts and it doesn't work. Both are temporary solutions. But what we instead need is we need long-term solutions. And the Bible tells us what types of thoughts we should have. Do you have that, yourself? Yes, I do. I have found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and I'll go ahead and read it. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So there are several different adjectives of what we should do. Or not adjectives, but uh, descriptions of what types of thoughts we should have. But if you were to put an umbrella term, because they're all essentially under the same, what would that be, Katie? True. Whatever things are true, which goes well with our uh, truth prescription. Right. Yes. We should be having not overly negative thoughts, not overly positive thoughts, but truthful thoughts whatsoever things are true. And I, I love at the end where it says, meditate on these things, which meditate here is an ongoing process, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about next, but meditate, thinking, kind of chewing on over and over again, not just one time, but meditating and fixing your attention on things that are true. Wonderful. So now we're moving on to our third, right? And this is what, Katie, what do people tell themselves often? And I've heard this multiple times. Yes. So we talked about people thinking that they can ignore their thoughts, Mm -hmm. thinking that they can um, think positively, positively. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is they're like, well, it's not the things you can really do. You know, you have thousands of thoughts and that's just... Um, the way things are. The what I've heard a lot is you can't treat, um, you can't teach mm-hmm. an old dog new tricks. That's mm-hmm. the the explanation I hear all the time, and that is completely false. And I could answer that in one word: neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Now, Crystal, what is neuroplasticity? Kind of in a, well, a brief nutshell. In a brief nutshell. Essentially, it's the ability for the brain to restructure itself and to essentially rewire itself. So neuroplasticity can explain why many times people who have been in severe accidents and they've lost the ability to walk or even talk, they're able to retrain their brain to get walking again, to get the ability to talk again, which is incredible. So instead of just saying, okay, you had the accident, there's no way that you can improve or change. There's proof to show that through neuroplasticity, that can change. But now, how does that apply to mental health? That's the question, right? How does that apply to mental health, Katie, in terms of neuroplasticity? Well, if you think about it, many people have gone through accidents. 
um, childhood adverse experiences, childhood accidents. And I don't mean car accidents alone. I mean trauma, any sort of trauma. Um, trauma can even include um, a child having certain needs being unmet, right? A child has the, those needs, those ingrained needs, and they don't get met through their primary caregivers. And so neuroplasticity applies to mental well-being in regards to anyone can have, go through an accident. And because of that, your brain is structured in a certain way. And so you have the ability, your brain has this awesome, God has given our brain the ability to restructure, to rewire itself. So one example that I, um, that I would like to give would be, um, let's say if you were hurt by a male, um, mm -hmm. then you can be, you might have a brain that's constantly, you know, looking for danger and males might be a trigger for you. You can restructure that brain, your brain, and be able to train yourself mm -hmm. to no longer, to assess danger where danger is appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, just to give you another example, when it comes to neuroplasticity and thought work. So when you have, we have what we say, we call automatic negative thoughts. We all have them. You mm -hmm. have them ourselves. I have them. Something happens and immediately we have a negative automatic thought. Oh, I drop a dish. What's the automatic thought that you have? Some people have the thought, oh, I'm so such an idiot, right? Or oh, I'm so clumsy. Or I'm so clumsy. Whatever the thought, automatic thought. Now, again, some people have about 80% negative thoughts. You have the ability to change your automatic response to that. Now, the way that I like to think about this is if you're a hiker, I'm a hiker, you go down a certain path every single day. What happens to that path if you go on the same exact path over and over again? You start to create a groove, right? It mm -hmm. deepens because mm -hmm. it's well traversed. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the same thing with thoughts. If we think negatively, if we choose to think negatively every single day. Sometimes it's a reaction of our past experiences. Maybe we grew up in very negative households, right? We just heard these things. But we start having that very well-traversed path. Now you go to therapy or you watch this episode and you continue to watch these episodes and you start choosing, you know, I realize this is a very negative path. I want to rewire my brain. I want to now go instead of this one, this is my default. I want to start a new path, a new path that is more truthful, right? Not positive, truthful, truthful, or helpful, right? I want to have a Philippians 4, 8 brain, right? The Bible talks about even, you know, Romans 12, it says, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a constant process. So you say, I want to start going on this one. Now, Chriselle, I've gone on this trail for 20 plus years. And I have clients who, who ask this all the time. And it's, it's a great question. They say, but I've been in somewhere like 70 years old, but I have been, you know, traveling this trail for 70 years. Like it's so deep. There's no way that I can have a different mind. There's no way. And what I tell them is about neuroplasticity. 
Now I start choosing to go this way. Now what happens, Grisal, even in a short amount of time, let's say after several weeks, if I start to decide to go on this one, on this path, what happens to this path over here? Oh, it's not going to be, well, the groove will still be there, but you're going to start to see shrubs. You start to see um, plant life growing <laughs> where you were previously walking. Exactly. Um, of course, symbolically what that represents, right? Exactly. It starts to overgrow. And so that's the idea of neuroplasticity is this one starts to overgrow. And one day you're like, I think that used to be a path, but now you've created a new path. One now that you're starting to deepen choose to do it on your mm -hmm. own. Mm -hmm. And so that's just to show, and that's supported by the Bible where it talks about, you know, keep every thought captive. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> what that means is it's not easy. That means you have to commit daily to going on that new path. That's where, for those of you who are watching, we hope that you continue to tune in in future episodes so that we can teach you how to go on that new path it's not easy. You have thousands of thoughts. You have thousands of negative thoughts, but you do the, the body and the brain have the ability to be rewired. You can rewire your own brain and your thoughts and start to have, as the Bible says, a, not a spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind, a mind of peace. Amen. It's not easy. It takes time, it takes effort. The same way that when we're children, we don't just automatically get up and start walking. It's a process. And so be patient with yourself and in prayer, ask that God give you the diligence and the perseverance to continue forward, even when your legs are tired, <laughs> symbolically, of course, and you have that temptation to say, I can't do it. I can't do it. You can, with God's strength, you can. And so I'm excited because this is just the beginning. This is our introduction for our thought work that we're going to be doing together in our upcoming episodes. And you may be thinking, okay, so yes, I acknowledge that I need to change my thoughts, but then what thoughts do I need to change? Don't worry, don't worry. How am I going to change them? Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> All of that is going to be coming in the upcoming episode. So I do encourage you, we encourage you that if you know anyone who struggles with their thoughts, which I'm pretty sure you know a lot because we all struggle, have them watch these episodes to uplift them and to encourage them that there is change and that change is possible. Any other thoughts, Katie, that you would add before we end today? No, I think um, just again, just remind yourself that our brain has the ability to rewire mm -hmm. itself. So with the power of God, as you mentioned, Grisel, we, we can, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You and I both, Grisel, have seen the power of yes. thoughts. And um, that's true. For each of our viewers, because that could be your experience. Yes. Wonderful. That's true. We can attest to it. So believe us. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and have a word of prayer and then we'll close with our truth um, prescription. Okay. So, Kay, do you mind closing with prayer, please? Yes, of course. Uh, dearly Father God, we want to thank you so much for your biblical truths. You tell us the importance of our thoughts and how uh, we need to keep it with all diligence, Lord, to guard our minds. And Lord, that you've not only taught us of the importance of our thoughts, but also given us tools to um, recognize how we should be focusing on not positive things, but things that are truthful. 
um, things that are praiseworthy, God. And we just pray that as we embark on this journey of our thoughts and how we can change our thoughts, um, we pray that we may um, just listen to you and to your voice of truth and your voice of wisdom and to, as your word says, to keep every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, Lord, that we may bring the thoughts to you and that through your power, through your ability, you can change our minds and give us a new mind, oh God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's close out with your truth prescription for this episode. So here we have, review your behaviors. Is there or are there any behaviors that you still need to change? So part of having a change in your thought process is also acknowledging and recognizing if you are fulfilling the other aspect of your triangle in regards to behaviors. And then number two, when feeling down, stressed, or a certain feeling comes up, notice your thoughts. Be mindful of those thoughts. Increase your awareness of those thoughts. What are you thinking in that moment? Because there is a connection. And part of all of this work that we're doing together is understanding that interactive role of your thoughts, your emotions, and your behaviors. Yes. And we know that this is an introduction um, episode to thoughts. And so we just want you to start being more aware of your thoughts. Because again, I think many of us have thousands of thoughts every day. We don't realize, wow, my thoughts are a lot more negative and causing me a lot more distress than I recognize. So just start being aware. And it says here, when feeling down, stressed, or certain feeling, our emotions are often the flag to say, hello, something's up. So tune in whenever you're stressed, anxious, so forth. What are your thoughts? And then next episode will help you with the tools to actually change those thoughts, which I'm excited about. Me too. Very, very excited. So thank you for joining us. We encourage you to please subscribe and follow us on YouTube and Instagram. And we will see you in two weeks. As we always say, don't forget to take your daily dosage of the truth because if you know the truth, the truth can set you free. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.